You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging the puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 160 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin Berg, who you'll be hearing from in just a few minutes. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts, too, that just so happen to be married non-monogamously to each other. This week, we're talking about puppy play with Amp Summers, also sometimes known as Pup Amp. Amp is a blogger, sex worker, and activist. He produces the YouTube channel, What's the Safe Word, where he, along with guests of all abilities, backgrounds, experiences, and kinky lifestyles, destigmatize topics on sex and other LGBTQ plus issues. In addition to working as a full-time designer of kinky goods, he's a full-time content creator on YouTube and Twitch. Amp makes sex education fun and accessible while using his platform to discuss stigma and advocate for freedom of expression. So if you have ever wondered about animal play in general, this episode is jam-packed with great information. Amp tells us his pup origin story. Plus, we learn about how puppy play is and isn't similar to other forms of animal role play and even primal play. We talk about the pup community and who's welcome. Hint, hint, everyone's welcome, no matter your gender or sexual orientation. But I know, you know, we get into that because it seems like pup play is almost exclusively in the gay male community. Not true. We also talk about the dynamics between pup and handler, switching as a puppy, uh, public play and when it crosses the line, the different pup roles like betas, gammas, service dogs, devil dogs, and more, how solo and non-community-based puppy play works, and we even talk about a recent puppy play scientific research study. I'm not kidding. The scientists are studying the pups, and I am here for it. Um, Also, keep an ear out on AMP's podcast, What's Your Safe Word, where I have just guessed it, dropped on Friday, talking about the psychology of BDSM and edge play and humiliation. And we get real deep. It's a good conversation. So make sure you pull it up on Spotify or whatever podcast player you use and give it a listen. So before we roll our conversation with AMP, you know, we got to do right, we got to wash the balls. Well, this is a puppy play episode. So maybe maybe this time we'll wash the bones. I don't I don't. Yeah, let's wash the bones. Uh, f- if you're new here, washing the balls or the bones in this case is what we call housekeeping here on American Sex. So oh, hey, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Kate and K is for Kinky JT for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And you too, you can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member if you go to patreon.com slash American Sex. 
And I'm going to give you stuff too. You're going to get bonus stories from our guests. There's one up from AMP right now, and it is good. I screamed. I screamed. I'm not even kidding. You'll also get extra full-length episodes, all of our regular episodes early. Plus, I'm going to send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. You're going to get not only American Sex Podcast stickers, but your stickers that say American Fuckers, so you can wear it proudly on your chest and be a proud American fucker. You also get a shout out on the podcast, other surprises in the mail. Sometimes there's there's hangouts with other creators, lots of stuff. You know, Ken and I, we give the majority of our content away for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast because we know these conversations are so critical. They can be life-changing and we want everybody to have access to them no matter their financial situation. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. So again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. I also want to remind you about my second podcast. You heard, right? I do another podcast. It's called Open Deeply. And my co host is therapist Kate Lurie. So here's how it goes. It's pretty cool. Each guest that we have on has two episodes. So the first episode is where they bear it all. They tell us their life story, and particularly they focus on the pivotal things that really changed them and stuck with them. And then in the second episode with that same guest, we devote that conversation to analyzing the patterns and the influences that played a central role in their life story. It's, it's good. It's really good. We've got eight episodes, so four guests so far. And, you know, the common thread that we're finding in all of our, you know, collective, but seemingly separate, but I guess not so separate, uh, trauma and healing, it is just amazing and inspiring. It's a really cool journey that's unfolding. So you can find Open Deeply Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or at opendeeplypodcast.com. Now, the last thing before we roll out our conversation, this is our first episode in the month of May, and May is Masturbation Month. So fun fact, Masturbation Month was started by Good Vibrations in 1995 in response to former Surgeon General Dr. Joycelyn Elders being fired for suggesting that teens be taught about the benefits of masturbation in their sex ed classes. And, you know, side note, if you want to find out more about that or just other things that Dr. Elders has done She's been on American Sex Podcast. Go look up episode 12 of American Sex, and we talk for a whole hour with Dr. Joycelyn Elders. So Satisfier is sponsoring this segment of the show. And of course, they support things and make things that can be instrumental in giving yourself one of the greatest gifts of all, you know, to love yourself, right? So let's talk about masturbation. Self-pleasure gets a bad rap. You know, we often look at it as, well, it's, I guess it's the next best thing if you can't get the real thing. And frankly, that's a load of sex negative BS. The self-pleasure stigma often falls heavier on women. It's kind of excused in men as like a, you know, boys will be boys sort of way. Like, of course, guys jack off. That's normal, right? But women who masturbate are often heavily slut shamed. But you know, the fact of the matter is, especially for people with vaginal anatomy, 
learning about our own bodies is instrumental, not just for solo pleasure, but for partner pleasure too. You know, a few episodes ago, if you remember back, we had a conversation about the orgasm gap. In a nutshell, the orgasm gap is based on research that has shown us that cis men have up to 50% more orgasms than their cis woman counterparts in partnered heterosexual sexual encounters. And some of the other statistics around orgasm are just, they're so sad. There's such a discrepancy. So, you know, in short, what that means is if our partners are men, now, interestingly, there isn't this kind of orgasm discrepancy in same-sex partners, ha-ha, but if our partners are men, we need to be experts in our own pleasure, For two reasons. One, so we can show our partners exactly what makes us tick so we can be satisfied in the bedroom. And two, so we can take matters into our own hands sometimes, even when we're with our partners and know that there's nothing wrong with that. So besides, you know, that whole masturbation is okay if that's the only thing you've got, I guess, kind of attitude is nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. You are the best and most attentive lover that you will ever have. You know, have you ever wished that your partner could read your mind, know exactly when to go a little faster or ease off on the on the pressure a little bit? Well, when you're your own partner, the mind reading is built in. So this month during Masturbation May, whether you are partnered or not, make that commitment to woo yourself, to experiment, to really enjoy the pleasure that you have both alone and with a partner, and to appreciate its differences and its similarities. Oh, and by the way, you know who can help with that? Satisfier, of course. So a couple of my favorites that I recommend, the classic Satisfier Pro 2. Like that is the one that everyone has in their bedside drawer. And if you don't have one, mm, you know, I'm saying you got to get one. Or there's the tried and true Wonder Woman wand. And, you know, those are also both great for people who are looking for their first pleasure product. And of course, I love Satisfier's products that use the Satisfier Connect app because I'm geeky. I'm a little techy. It allows you to connect your phone to your pleasure product and it to be controlled from any any phone in the world. It doesn't have to be your phone. It could be that hot person you met on the internet, or it could be uh, your partner who is long distance. It, there, there's a lot of possibilities. So one of my favorite app-controlled satisfier devices is the Curvy 2. I'm very partial to it. And to celebrate Masturbation May, Satisfier is offering you 40% off and free shipping for all app-enabled devices when you go to Satisfier.com and enter my promo code, which is SUNNY40. That's S-U-N-N-Y-4-0. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use the code SUNNY40 for 40% off and free shipping. All right, American fuckers, now that you've got the commitment of giving yourself the greatest gift of all this month and all the months after on your to-do list, let's get to our guest conversation. 
Here is Amp Summers talking about puppy play. so excited. Um, On the line, we have Pup Amp, and we're going to talk about something that I have been wanting to talk about forever. Puppy play. Hello. Hey, Pup. Bark, 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 bark. Hi. What a good boy. Who's a good boy? (laughs) I love it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. My dog Um, just came up and started licking my hand. Yes, you're a good boy, too. Two waffles. (laughs) We're not talking to the real dogs right now. Sorry. Go lay down. Um. So, yeah, okay, puppy play, I have always personally been just fascinated with. I love pups and really any kind of animal play, um, but specifically pups. And uh, on my TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, we did a segment on puppy play. I was so excited. I got to lay in a puppy pile. At the Eagle. Yeah, at the Eagle in Toronto for the first time. It was great. Um but we've never actually sat down and talked on the podcast about puppy play. And I think there's a lot of, I don't know, confusion for people that aren't like directly in the scene or haven't been around pup play. So that's, that's where we're starting from. Yeah. So like, how did you get into pup play? Like when you first heard about it, were you like, what was your superhero moment? Yeah, or were you like, what the hell is this, you know, or was it, what? Tell me. Sure. Um, Well, for me, it was, I was becoming active as a gay in the bar scene in Seattle when I became, you know, of legal age and uh, was just at a bar one night um, at the Cuff in Seattle, if you've ever heard of it. It's like the leather Mm -hmm. bar uh, beyond the Eagle that that in in the city. Um, and I was grabbing a drink and then this guy walks in. It was a, a fetishy night unbeknownst to me and walked in with three people on leashes and he, they were barking and sniffing. And I was kind of like, oh, that's odd and strange and kind of interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, a few months after that, went on a camping trip with my very vanilla boyfriend and some friends who brought other friends and uh, just happened that the friends of friends were a uh, daddy and pup. And like, we like, I know I knew what kink was like, I knew what BDSM was. I knew I love rope bondage, but I didn't understand puppy play as a dynamic until I was on this camping trip with a bunch of gays and, you know, things happen and people talk and you kind of uh, saw this, this friends of friends couple and just their mannerisms and the way that they dealt with each other. And, uh, touched and communicated and little idiosyncrasies of like um, eye contact and just just it was so pure and, and wholesome and, and beautiful in its own way and I found out later that it was a daddy and his pup um, and so I was like oh I get this a bit more now huh. and it was just more than boyfriends you know it was very intimate in, in a very different mm-hmm. way so when you started engaging uh did you engage with that vanilla boyfriend like what was your first actual you know you started to play sure and well so my vanilla boyfriend and i didn't work out uh spoiler alert (laughs) um but this was again like 10 years ago so i don't feel that bad um we tried kinky stuff but unfortunately that relationship was very rooted in insecurities and um uh, my boyfriend at the time also trying to figure things out and he tried. He did. He did. He did the GGG thing, and I appreciate and respected that. Um, but the puppy play wasn't for him. Yeah. 
And there was a lot of animosity around it because there was this this feeling of and, and just again not not being educated around it that like it had to do with like real dogs or real animals and that like like that that's rule one right. like it does has nothing to do with actual animals it is a role play for people that want to just get down on all fours and be kind of um, animalistic in their their mentality and nature but not for actual animals they are role playing with another uh-huh. human always always always. And so I did get involved after breaking up with that boyfriend um, and got involved with the Seattle Seapaw scene. Mm-hmm. And like most, most cities have a paw group, which is P-A-H, Pups and Handlers. And so being a creative, I, I got involved. I helped them put together like a, a board uh, with actual like guidelines and rules so we could be a 501c3. Ooh. And I was the marketing manager. So I was all over the place with that wow. group. That's like yeah. like legit and official. That's yeah, cool. it was one of the first one of the first groups to have their own like five hundred one c three status as a as a puppy and handler group. So we were pretty That's serious. Very cool. Really quick, I want to back up. Like I know what GGG is. Can you explain to the listeners who might be like, <laughs> "What is that? What is GGG?" <laughs> For sure, um, a GGG is a good giving in game. So like your partner is is good and down to try new things. Um, they're giving you pleasure and you're giving them pleasure and they're they're just game to to try their best. And we don't judge partners that are GGG if they fail at something or if they're not into something. But like a good giving and game partner would be understanding of like everyone's got something that they're into. And if you're not into that, that's cool. Maybe you should open up your relationship, which my partner at the time was not really down yeah. for. Um, but down the line, as I as I had other partners like some of them could, could wrap their minds around the puppy play and just kink in general. And some of them couldn't, but the ones that couldn't were also able to communicate that and be like, not for me, but if you want to go to your puppy mosh and you want to play with the pups, like go for it. I'm all for it. I support you. Maybe I'll go next time. It's just being open to different things because we're all yep. different, you know, and that's yeah, absolutely. So describe for us, if let's say you were going to an event and you were a pup, is the uh, you know dominant equivalent? Do you call that person your handler, your daddy, or does it just depend on like the person, what title they choose, or is there one that's most common? Sure. Well, so like oh, this is actually funny. I was on a, a a Twitch stream the other day with a bunch of gaming friends, like a bunch of gays. So it wasn't like out of the question that they've looked into and know what like animal role play is. But they're like, I don't understand the puppy thing. Can you explain, please? <laughs> And I was like, sure. Um, I think everybody kind of sees dogs in their own way. So like for me, whenever when I started getting into puppy play, like I had a dog in my mind. Like if I were a dog, like this is what I would be. And for me, I'm like a German shepherd. But like everyone, if you if you're ever curious about puppy play, I usually will say, like, well, if you were to get on all fours and pretend to be a dog, like, do you see a dog in your mind? Do you see like a personality type or like idiosyncrasies of a dog like some dogs are super frantic and manic some of them love toys some of them just stoically sit there and judge other dogs and are like don't touch me you know like <laughs> it's like are you really a cat <laughs> yeah, some dogs are cats fun side note Seapaw was run by a cat really for a while the president was a cat so i just wait, want to make that do known cats and dogs get along <laughs> in this context absolutely absolutely i i love i have done so many different like podcasts and videos with like cat people like literal cat players i love cats um anyway your question being what what do you identify as or how do you identify i identify as a puppy um who is a switch 
But like I've had partners that have been daddies. I've had partners that were just sirs. I have had uh, friends that were puppies who were also like tops for other puppies. Like it's really just however you want to identify so long as you you make it clear what to call you. So I don't call you like, hey, you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I am, I, I love like as a podcast host to get into the mind of the listener, which our listeners are called American fuckers because it's American sex mm-hmm. podcast. So I'm imagining there is a woman identified uh, American fucker listening who's maybe in a straight relationship who's like, I want to be a puppy, but is this only for gay guys? Like, are there pups outside of the gay male community? Uh, short answer, yes. Mm-hmm. Long answer, I love this question, but also hate it because there is absolutely like this instilled toxic masculinity to the puppy play community. And mostly because the, the, the guys, you know, have been around for forever on Twitter and the Tumblr's posting all this porn that makes it seem as if it's just for guys. It's just for cis guys, but that's not the case. Like, I know so many female-identified, trans-identified, non-binary-identified puppies that feel like they don't have the permission to get into the space because it is such a male-dominated um, social sphere. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually the case. There's so many puppies of all identities, and it's just a matter of, like, half the time they just need that permission to, like... If it's okay with you guys, like I'm giving all of your your listeners, your 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 American fuckers, the permission to to get into whatever puppy play or kitten play. If you're a guy that thinks that kittens can't be guys, like get into it. You know, everybody everybody's welcome. Just have fun. Good, yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, it's. I mean, I obviously knew the answer to that question, but I ask questions. <laughs> you know, in in the mind of listeners who aren't familiar with this sort of lifestyle, and I think part of it is like. That's who gets the spotlight. You see the gay community doing pup play in, you know, on the internet, in the magazines. That's like the archetype you see. So it leads people to believe that's the only way to do it. Or those are the spaces that are publicized, like, you know, pup nights at, you know, the the leather bar kind of thing. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Do it. If you want to well, do it, do it. Just do it. No, but like, so for instance, like I get that kind of question at once every couple weeks, at least from somebody who feels that they can't be there. So I just want to like reiterate, like if you build it, they will come. Yes. Sometimes if you have the the ability, if you have the, the, the social sphere, like sometimes you just got to post it out there so that other people feel that they're welcome. Um, and I know that's asking a lot of some people if they don't post online all the time, but like if you're a female identified puppy, or a trans or a non-binary puppy and you have the ability to post stuff and be like, Hey, I'm here too. Like I'll retweet the shit out of that because representation matters and we need more of it. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. So, um, I, I have a quick question about equipment. Um, do you have a preference of hood for starters? Like, do you like neoprene? Do you like leather? Do you even use a hood? When I first started, I didn't have a hood for about a year. Um, because they were, they were like leather only and they had all the zippers and buckles so it was a little pricey for a college student um but nowadays you can find some pretty cheap not terrible options on like wish and amazon that is always my recommendation just to get kind of an idea of what kind of hood you might like because there's neoprene there's leather there's fake pleather online um but also you don't need gear gear does not make a puppy and uh i think that that's something that we also perpetuate by you know flaunting what we have online as somebody who has probably every fucking hood at Mr. S because I used to work there. <laughs> but, yeah. but, it's probably worth a discount alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. And that's good to hear because it's like, you know, it's intimidating to get into a new community. And it's sort of that, I don't know, I, I boil it down to like the high school lunch table. You see the cool kids with mm-hmm. the guest jeans. I'm really dating myself, 80s. But you see the cool <laughs> kids with the guest jeans and, you know, the whatever kind of purses. Or, Nobody past 1990 knows what that is. Okay, whatever. <laughs> they get the point. Um, with the Z Cavaricis. And... <laughs> You wanted me to date myself listening to Def Leppard. Okay, I'm dating myself. Anyway, um, so it's like that, you know, going into any kind of kink community, you see the people in like the fancy latex or this. And when I think of the pup community, I think of like the big fancy leather hoods and the cool tails and, you know, the different bones or like the bone gags and and all those things. So um, it's fine. For me to be like, God damn it, I'm a pup. And not only am I a, you know, pansexual woman, uh, I I only have, my only gear is maybe a collar that I actually bought at PetSmart and like in great, that's fine, right? Absolutely. Cool. We, all, we all started at PetSmart, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at any of y'all because I absolutely bought some like bowls and uh, hood, or not hood, sorry. Uh, leashes and all that from PetSmart because it was cheap and expensive and they had nice cute colors. Yeah. It wasn't dark brooding. It wasn't a misdress. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever bought a cone of shame? <sighs> yeah, let's talk about cones of no, shame. No, but I have I have had I have a few of them because people <laughs> tend to bring them to events and then they forget them or, and or don't want them. And I absolutely will take it because it's cute. I love I love just collecting gear that people don't want and then passing it on to people who need it. Oh, that makes like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have a literal box that is the size of a closet in my closet that's just full of gear. And if I, COVID be damned, like I haven't seen people, obviously, but like I used to just have people over and I'd be like, do you want this? Here you go. Oh, it's like, I got a pun because I know you love puns. You're pun sexual. Uh, It's not the lost and found. It's the paused and found. Oh. (laughs) I almost made Ken spit. He almost spit. (laughs) That was possibly my favorite so okay, far. Okay, good. <laughs> or, or it could be paused and pound. I'm and that's a little. I'm trying too hard. I'm trying to, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying too Absolutely. Hard. Uh, okay, so um, describe to me, like, if I'm a new person and I am going to my first pup event, or or maybe my ten thousandth pup event. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'm a pup. What would a typical um, like night, you know, pup night at a bar look for me? Is there a puppy pit? Like, what do I do? Do I ever get to talk? Do I get a timeout? And do I get to order a drink? Or am I always barking? Like, am I always in character? <laughs> like, w- what is what would the night be like? Sure. Well, sometimes it's not even during the night. Like when we were in Seattle, we would have like bar nights at fetish nights and whatnot, where we'd like bring little mats and have a corner where you could wrestle around, and then a corner where you could kind of like just relax, unwind, maybe cuddle with other people that are just kind of chilling. Um, but then we had like day events where it was literally the entire dance floor of a, of a bar would be matted out like a good, I don't know, 10 by 10 foot space where a bunch of puppies could get down on all fours. Um, and all the handlers tops or people taking care of puppies could be on the sidelines, kind of drinking and socializing and just kind of overlooking everyone. Everyone comes just expecting something different. So like we'd have furries there in their fursuits just kind of chilling out and watching. You'd have puppies wrestling and trying to pin the other ones. 
you'd have a puppy in the corner that would be hoarding all the toys and sitting on it, pretending to not have any toys, and everyone would be kind of like giving them the side eye. Um, and then you'd have like some cats, maybe too. It, it's really just like a, a a mixed bag of of characters, and everyone comes with with different expectations, wants, needs. And uh, I always liked when events did like a wristband system, mm-hmm. so we'd have different colored wristbands and like. If you had a green wristband, maybe you would just be there to be like wrestling and playing. If you had a yellow, maybe it was like a looking for a handler, maybe. Uh, if you had red, maybe you're just like don't approach or not looking to, to wrestle. It just kind of was it was the rules of, of the mosh. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always there's always going to be some guidelines. So if you're looking for an event, you know, find your local paw group on Facebook. There's tons of them and they exist all over the place. Uh, and then if they have events, there's always usually guidelines like avoid hard-toed shoes and don't have anything with spikes or buckles because when you roll around you tend to to forget like those are there um and when you get into that space some people like when i get into a mosh space which i haven't been in in forever again thank you for that panini um, <laughs> but like i kind of get into like this headspace that's very uh meditative or even hypnotic some some will explain it because you kind of you know what's happening, but you're playing with someone and you're not really paying attention to the fact if they have like locking pegs on their mitts or spikes on their hood. And you, you walk out of there looking like you got in a, a little bit of a bar fight, Ooh. you know? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're in the wrong gear. So you got to be careful as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I know in the, you know, in communities that involve some sort of role play, like the furry community or even the littles community, there's a huge debate in those communities whether you can engage in these actions and bring sex into it, or if it's like only non-sexual and people have really, it's like, like, what is it? Olives. Like you have really strong feelings one way or the other, either. Yes, of course this can be sexual. No, olives or, are Satan. Right. You or sexual olives. I need to hear more about ol- this. You know, it's like olives. People either <laughs> love them or hate them. So it's like, it's like sex in, in puppy play. It's like, there's some people who are like, never bring sex into it. Or of course it's a sexual thing. And I know that, like I was saying in the littles community and the furry community hear that. Is it like that in the pup community too? Do people have strong feelings about whether this is sexual or not sexual? I mean, I'll live without the sex. Like it, I'm fine with it or without it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, a lot of the time it's what other people are projecting on you and your kink um, or just the gear that you're wearing. So like, for instance, myself and my daddy, who is a pony, um, so he and I had our hoods on. We were fully clothed, but we were taking some photos on a side street near where I live in the Castro mm-hmm. because we have a photographer friend that wanted to take some cool photos and gear. Right. Um, and then we posted some on the social meds. And then immediately, all, always, every freaking time, someone comes out and is like, did people consent to be a part of your scene? Oh, God, Yes. And- I'm just like, well, obviously we're in a contextual space where it's the Castro and the gays are literally walking around naked because you can be nude in San Francisco. Right. I hear the 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 unbiased, definitely not uh, trying to gotcha person on the social media saying you're being sexual in public, which we weren't. But it's just like we we are literally dressed like you could imagine superheroes or in some sort of just random masks taking photos. Right. If there's something sexual about that. It's definitely coming from the person who knows a little bit more than they, you know, the normal person and also sees that as just a sexual act. And I, to them, I want to say context is important, but also normal people that were walking by, like there were actual people, just 
walking by and they're like, hey, can we have a photo? This is really cool and fun. And oh my God, I don't know what's happening, but you, that guy's pulling this person in a cart. Everyone's clothed and you guys look really cool. And we were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we, yeah, there was nothing sexual about it. Similar to like furries, like there's an overlap of sex to uh, literally anything that you can imagine in this world. But you eating olives at the restaurant, I'm not going to assume is about sex, even if you're into olives, because in the context, you're in a restaurant. You're just eating right. food. Yeah. And I mean, this is a huge debate that's going across, you know, the even the larger kink community. It's like, what's okay in public and what isn't? And, you know, you brought up furries. Like, we're from Chicago, no. where they have Midwest Fur Fest, and it's a family event. Like, kids go to that yeah. event. Like, it's, n- and people look at it and they're like, this is a sexual thing. Oh my God, how could there be kids here? Like, to the point where one year somebody let off some kind of like poisonous gas and the oh, whole yeah, event got evacuated. Gas there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was awful. Um, because oh, they see it God. as sexual and it's like, no, like, Kids do that. Like it's a, it's a, it was literally I mean, a family event. I mean, anything dissimilar that you'd see at Burning Man, and it's fine to bring children to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people that are being creative. Maybe they're wearing costumes or, right. or like cosplay. It's no worse than any cosplay you've ever seen at any Comic Con. Yeah, and well, and sure. I think like you were saying, context matters. You're in the fucking Castro. You know what I mean? Um, but like, <laughs> okay, let's let's uh, dive more deep into this because I'm hearing this on this debate on social media. What about if, and I want to say it was like in the paper where it was a straight couple where the man had the woman on a collar and leash. I don't know if they were doing puppy play. Yeah. And they were like crawling down the mall or, you know, in, in public, where would that fall? Okay. Or not. Okay. That falls on the not okay. In my personal opinion. Um, and I know exactly which instance you're talking about. And I've actually, I have friends of friends with that person who was doming the, the guy and the puppy mm-hmm. stuff. In my mind, that's completely different. Like they, they were very um, unclothed in a number of ways. Like there was, there was some very sexy outfits versus like us standing in literal shirts and jeans with a mm-hmm. hood on. Um, they were in a very, very large like supermarket acting out this role play, um, which is very different from being in say the Castro on an empty street with a photographer just just wearing a hood and posing for photos. This was the, the what they were doing was an actual scene. Like she was doming this guy uh, because I believe he was paying her to do so. And there was a sexual nature to it and an energy that people could mm-hmm. tell. So yeah, they weren't consenting in that that situation, that instance. But if you're going to a furry convention, for instance, you are consenting or at least aware that there's going to be furries there. Right. You are consenting that they're going to be in this space and also you should be aware that furries are not in a convention, in a public convention space having sex. They are in their fursuits. They are having fun. And none of them are there to do anything terrible to each other. They're there to hang out and chill, like just like a Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in costumes. But at the same time, like I'll go to Comic-Con and I'll see some uh, um, arguably, possibly not of correct age people wearing very scantily clad clothing inside of a public space. And for whatever reason, the scantily clad people that are possibly underage are okay in a public space, but the furries minding their own business, fully clothed in fursuits, not doing anything sexual are not. Yeah. It's, it's this weird dichotomy that, that comes a lot. It comes from like this religious background and this like, Oh, what think of the children, which we know think of the children actually leads to further censorship on a lot of platforms. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually help kids. It helps people that are trying to get their 
agendas out and to censor whatever person they don't agree with, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with. So like that that's my take at oh, least. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's I'm like, church, yes, sing it, yes. I mean, yeah. I I absolutely freaking agree. And there's a lot of nuance, you know, judging like, okay, is this particular thing that you're doing in public okay or is it not there's gray area there's nuance there's things to consider and i think most of us like the the vast majority of the general public we still think too black and white you know and we don't uh factor in all of those other things that like okay this is why in this situation it's okay and why in this situation it isn't okay they kind of all lump them into the same dirty 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 bucket and that's fucked up would you say there were 50 shades of gray yes Okay, so totally off subject. But like, when did Fifty Shades of Grey come out? Like two, 2011 or something. And when I first heard the title of the book, and like people hadn't read it yet, and they didn't know what it was about, I thought Fifty Shades of Grey was a nonfiction book about the nuances of kink. And I was like, that's something we need. And then, and then when I found out what it was, I was like, what is this bullshit? I wish. <laughs> oh, I <did. laughs> Oh, it was so disappointing. Uh, and then it is yeah, that. <laughs> anyway, um, so like, I really want to get into, as a pup, what this mm-hmm. does for you, like you hear about pup space, which is kind of akin to a subspace sort of feeling. What do you get out of this? Not only just like when you're in pup space, but like, what does it do for you? And I guess answer this to the people that are going, I don't get it. You're just crawling on the floor acting like animals. What You're acting like children. What fun is that? What fun is it? I mean... Exactly. No, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think the best way to kind of answer that question is to kind of circle back to like the first time I really saw a relationship that incorporated puppy play, uh-huh. because uh, again, on that camping trip forever ago, uh, the the daddy and the puppy were boyfriends first and foremost, but they had well, the puppy had a collar um, and they had a relationship that was kinky. We, I, I would assume it was more of a 24-7, but they weren't overtly sexual at all times because people can exist in a space and just be themselves, but also be a kinkster. And for me, like the, the dynamic that they had was very much like a person who acts like a dog, who's always very excited to see their partner. The same way that like when you come home from a long day of work and your dog's waiting at the door for you, like imagine if that was a person who just felt the same way and just as excited and then you guys sit down on the couch, not even doing anything sexual and just kind of cuddle for a bit. And you're just like in this good Zen space. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is what I love the most about puppy play. And then like there's also the sex thing, which I enjoy sometimes. But ultimately, it's just connecting with someone on a deeper level that's more than just like boyfriend and boyfriend for, for me specifically because I'm a gay guy. Yeah. And then you kind of just get to get down and dirty and get a little bit more like animalistic in a really sexy, hot way. When you do the sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like being able to look at your partner as a, as the top in this situation or the Dom and just give them a certain look or a command. And then your, your puppy does it like what's not hot about that. If you are in a BDSM sort of power play sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
in a couple and looking to find a third or maybe single and searching for a dating app that actually encourages you to embrace your sexual side, well, then you need to check out Field. Field is the alternative dating app for couples and singles. The app was originally designed for people seeking threesomes and it's the biggest dating app for threesomes today. You can actually date with your partner. Field has built a community for awesome, ethical, and honest people seeking to connect and explore their desires. And the app is inclusive to all, no matter your gender or orientation. When you join, you can choose to identify as over 20 genders and sexualities. The New York Times wrote that Field's options, quote, put the Kinsey scale to shame. Field values sex positivity and encourages you to share your desires and interests directly on your profile, you know, so the people know what you're into. Choose from a wide array of desires, from cuddling and long kisses to BDSM and shibari. With radical open-mindedness designed into the app, you can share about your sexuality no matter how traditional or kinky you might be. Non-conformity and shame-free individuality is what Field is all about. And here's some great news. You can download the Field app for free and support this show by using the link in this episode's description. And even better, when you use our link in the description, you'll get 50% off the first three months of Field's Majestic Membership that gives you premium features like seeing who's liked you. The Majestic discount only works on iPhone right now, but anyone with a smartphone can download Field for free today by clicking the link in this episode's description or in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. You know, one of the hot hot new trends I see among the young, the youngster kingsters. Uh, So many of them are brats. Like there are so many, I'm like, where did all these brats come from? And primal play. You hear a lot of like new, younger, like Gen Z kingsters really into primal play. Um, Mm -hmm. Where does the Venn diagram of primal play and puppy play cross or does it? Oh, and that's actually a really good question because I, I had a bunch of people asking me about it recently, like Primal Play, like where does that exist? Because it's the hot new thing. That's why. I know. And it's like, it, it, it's kind of, because I've never called it that. But like in my mind, Puppy Play, when I get into the sexy parts of it, is very similar to Primal Play, which is that like, I, I think they call it like this raw, emotional, sexual feelings and I don't think that there's always animalistic tendencies, but I know that that is part of it because people are always equating puppy play with primal play. Mm-hmm. And I think that puppy play, the Venn diagram exists there between the two, but puppy play does have a lot of it that's not sexual as well. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear about that. Like some people honestly use puppy play to zen out, get a little bit of like therapeutic vibes. It's not a form of therapy. It's not replacement for therapy, but it is a way for people to kind of get like out of the stresses of their day just kind of get on all fours and just kind of play around with their partner. Yeah. Like for me, I'll, I'll do like some erotic hypno sometimes with, with tops that, that put me into that like headspace, that puppy headspace that is also mixed with just feeling good. And it doesn't need to be sexual, but it, it really helps me to just kind of Zen out. Mm-hmm. Would it be fair to say that, uh, puppy play most resembles primal play or, you know, has characteristics in common if it's like two pups wrestling, getting sexual, as opposed to like a handler interacting with a puppy. 
Yeah, I, I would say that that's fair. Yeah, because when two puppies get at it, it, it it can get very, as I said, like very wrestling. It can get very aggressive in a good way. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I I totally understand the appeal of being a puppy, and I think uh, you know a lot of American fuckers listening along are like, "Oh, I'm getting it, I'm getting it." But what's the fun for the handler? And have you ever personally been a handler, or or do you just know from you know? being on the other side of the I don't know if it's a slash leash. or the coin or the leash. Yes. <laughs> the other side of the leash. <laughs> well sure. Like so I'm I'm a switch depending on my dynamic with someone. Uh-huh. So I've definitely been a top to other puppies. And a lot of a lot of what we talk about is obviously focusing on the bottoms perspective because bottoms always come first, you know? <laughs> but what we don't talk enough about is is the top in these situations. Like what do they do? What do they get out of it? Um for 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 me and my relationships, the top gets to have sexy fun times every once in a while. They get to be in control in that situation, but ultimately, like we have this this bond where it's just very affectionate. It's it is overly affectionate. It is sexy and fun, but also just so sweet and loving and warm in, in that very same way that like a dog just loves you unconditionally. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. It seems like pups have a lot of archetypes um, where you have a choice between like, are you an actual pup? Are you a full grown dog and particular breeds that will reflect your temperament? Do you have the same kind of archetypes with handlers? Ooh. Like yeah, Caesar yeah, Milan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's totally Jackson Galaxy. Yes, I, I am definitely a Caesar Milan style handler. Yeah, well, maybe you're like a best in show, one of those archetypes, oh, if you've ever seen yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yes. Um, but there's also different types of, of handlers in, in such a way that like there are handlers that are just trainers. They like to train puppies and, and help them. It, it's kind of like a, you know, a one night stand. But for puppies, there are people that uh, are alphas who are also handlers, like an alpha dog who has puppies that are subs. Um, you have daddies, you have sirs, you have mommies, you have doms. A- a- again, it's really whatever and however you want to identify mm-hmm. and you happen to be the top in that situation. Like, and then you have puppies, same thing. You have betas and gammas. You have um, specifics like devil dogs, which are puppies that used to be in the, the military. military. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, you got, oh, there's so many. There are specific like training dogs who like want to be trained almost like a someone who is an assistant to other people. Like let's say someone has a, a disabilities. Maybe they want to specifically have a puppy who is their partner. And so service like, dog. Yeah. Service dog. Oh, specific. Yeah. That's so yeah. cute. We have people, a real service dog, but now I want, I want like a, a human service dog. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you have baby furs and you have furry pups and you, like the, again, it's it's the Venn diagram is there's so many different circles in this space and it's just really welcoming in that way. Yeah, um, it's however you want to identify. I love it. So Ooh. consent. All right. So you talked about in some spaces there's the wristbands which helps. 
Um, sure. Like, I, I'm one of those people. Okay, so I have, uh, uh, I'm neurodivergent, and I it's hard for me to read nonverbal language. And I was actually talking about this with my daughter. She's an adult. We've gone to IML together. And, oh. I, and we were talking about like, oh, like, do you like interacting with pups? And we're both neurodivergent. And she's like, actually, I get confused because I don't know what they're trying to tell me. And I was like, you know, I feel the same vibe. Like, I have been... Um, my favorite thing I was at dark I was wondering this actually because I'm like thinking about how much puppy play is like yes. nonverbal. So so my experience is my favorite pup experience was at Dark Odyssey Fusion, was, which is oh, like kinky fuck yep, camp. I was thinking the same and thing. And they had um like a I don't know if it was a petting zoo or kind of like a doggy daycare sort of thing where it didn't matter what animal you were you could go into this fenced area and just be and interact and there were kitties and puppies and there was a death unicorn and like all these death metal unicorn was completely indifferent and just turned away from all the other animals so he wouldn't engage and if you tried to be a puppy with him he just turned around and like looked in the opposite direction yeah he was fucking fucking great but so I volunteered to be uh, like a, you know, a zookeeper or a, I don't know what handler, whatever for like an hour and to just go interact with the And I loved it because uh, there were so many and I wasn't the handler of one specifically. So like if I was playing with one animal and I couldn't really read them, I could just move on to a different animal. So <laughs> was great it was like i i got what i needed out of that but i am very intimidated when it comes to like having to interact one-on-one with a pup or you know any other animal um and it's not somebody that i know really well because i can't read what they're trying to tell me in their dog language so how is consent handled if there is no wristbands? Like, can you break character and be like, hey, is it okay if I do blah, blah, blah? Or how do you communicate? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think that body language is is super important when it comes to any kink. But in mm-hmm. play specifically, like body language is, if you're good at reading it, not everyone is. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be conscious of that. But like body language for me is a lot about how the the posture of the puppy like do they look like they're rigid do they look like they're being timid do they look like they're being inviting are they wagging their butt and or tail so a lot of a lot of the implied consent in a space like a puppy mosh does come from body language but at the same time if i don't want you to touch me or do something like i will flip my hood up and i'll turn around and be like please don't touch my butt like yeah. you don't i don't know who you are and also what is your finger doing now no. um <laughs> Uh, it, it, puppies will come out of quote unquote character and, and say words like there's the, it's not like we're against or, or can't speak. Um, and I, I'm, I'm all for the, the mixture of both body language and actual physical consent. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when all else fails, just that's ask. Good to hear. Cause I'm like, are you allowed to talk? Can I talk to you? I don't know. You talk, but I don't know what's happening. Um, so <laughs> community, how important is community? And and for you personally, you know, because you're obviously involved in the community very heavily, um, how much uh, of the enjoyment comes from the community building aspect of this? Uh, I think a lot of it. Um, the, the people that generally gravitate towards uh, communities in the kink community, especially when it comes to like animal or role play sort of things like um, ABDL or animal role play um, or even brats, like 
the, there's a certain level of, of person that comes there because they grew up and they weren't always part of a community. Like I, at least for me personally, I see a lot of people that, you know, are big old nerds when it comes to maybe anime or video games. And they were always kind of part of a, uh, uh, kind of on the outside of the, you know, the popular kids in school. And I say that from my own perspective as one experience, but also as someone who hears a lot of stories about how puppy play helps someone to feel like they belong to a community and help them to be more confident. So it's it's my own personal experience, but also a lot of anecdotes that we hear when we go to these events like IML or MAL or or the Dark Odysseys. Um, a lot of a lot of kind of awkward people that didn't really have any sort of social friends growing up come to these communities, and we we bond over that that awkwardness or that love of anime or that love of video games. So community is very integral, and is what brings a lot of people to these these paw groups. Is just hey, I want to be part of this community that looks fun, and I want to meet other kinky sex positive people and, and just do my thing. I love it. I love and I think that, you know, at least for me, you know, I'm not a pup, but I gravitated towards the larger kink community for that same reason. I think we are yeah. a lot of like, kind of dorky outcasts. There's a lot of us that are socially awkward in the default vanilla world, where we've <laughs> just like found our people in these communities, which I think is fucking amazing. Like it just changes so many lives, you know? And, and specifically when it comes to the role play E parts of the communities that gives those creative people that don't have those outlets, normally a place to just be silly and fun and not have to apologize for it. Where I feel like we always have to apologize for doing this or that in our, our, our normal lives. Like, the, the playfulness that puppy play brings to the table allows for people to be silly and be in a character and be appropriate for whatever mosh they're at. And also just like get out of the craziness of the day. And it's one of the, what, what brings the largest part of this community together is it's one of the most approachable, silly, not dark or brooding or pain related sort of kink mm-hmm. to begin. With. Yeah. And then people will grow and grow from there. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the opposite of community is, you know, I, th- I think about the age play, like the littles community. You see some people who are littles who have community and they go to events where there's coloring books and all sorts of things. And then there are some people that, you know, they're, they're littles or age players only at home. They're not connected to community at all. And another thing that you sometimes see is age players that age play alone. Like I don't have a, you know, a big or a dominant or whatever. And I'm just going to be in my house. Uh, you know, I'm going to go into little space. I'm going to dress in my onesie and get my pacifier and drink a juice box and I'm going to color. And that's how I, you know, de-stress. That's my comfortable place. Do puppies also do that where they have their own alone time or are there puppies that only engage in this kind of play alone or with a partner? partner at home is that common oh yeah i mean i i'm i'm i might be just the most like open person that accepts a person because of their experiences but like again in that venn diagram there are some people that only go to events and dress up fully you never see their face at all they're a full like gimped out rubber puppy you have no idea who they are besides like their collar when they're ever in a year and then there's people that only do it at home and they just aren't wearing any gear. Maybe they're playing some video games and just zoning out. I, I'm kind of in the middle. Like I like wearing gear sometimes because the the anonymity makes it just nice and fun and you, you don't get distracted. 
But like, I love going to an event with no puppyhood on and just wearing a tail and just being super social. Mm-hmm. I like to get a little, you know, stoned at home and just play some video games. And if I'm there with my gear, maybe I'll put some gear on. It's it's just kind of the moment that you want, yeah, and the vibe you need. I love it. I love it. It's like so, the same thing that I do with Santa. Yeah, and by the way, Ken does <laughs> have. Wait, whoa, 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 what? Oh, oh. I have a Santa fetish, and I dress up like Santa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> and I did get him for Christmas. It was Christmas or your birthday. I think it was your birthday. Uh, from Mr. S. Leather, the oh, black Santa hat. Yeah, <gasps> the leather one. Yeah, I've got the leather yeah, Mr. Yeah. S. Santa hat. So, he's hot, 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 kinky Santa. So and our stormtrooper is borrowing it right now. Yes, he looks hot. The, uh, Mr. S. I, I love that sentence. He's a hot kinky Santa, and our stormtrooper is borrowing it right now. Yeah, we have a bit, like, we have like a four foot stormtrooper in our living room. Like you open the front door, and it's like, is this a little boy's bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And if it is, I love it. Exactly. And if it isn't, I still love it. <laughs> yes. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer and it's available now in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago. Join over 2 million worldwide who trust Manscaped and do it with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SUNNY at manscaped.com. Yes, Ken and I are really some of the first people to try the new 4.0, and we are blown away by its performance. The advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is just so good. But what makes this trimmer different from all the others? Well, the new multifunction on and off switch can engage a travel lock. That's amazing. And the Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000 LED spotlight on and off when you need for a very precise shave. It even allows you to customize your trim all over with additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it is awesome. Two toned matte and gloss finish with a black chrome Manscaped logo. Ooh. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof too. And did I mention the wireless charging? Now, if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Spring has sprung, and now it's your turn. Bring the warmth of the outside world back into the bedroom with Dipsy. If you're looking to heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush that you never made a move on, or that coworker that you always had a little thing for. Maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. 
Dipsy releases new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. That's dipsystories.com slash sunny. So I was, before we talked, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on the internet and, you know, look around at some puppy play stuff to see if like there's anything I'm forgetting when I'm, you know, planning what I'm going to talk to you about. And I found a actual research study on puppy play from Mm -hmm. 2019. Have you heard about this? I'm allegedly probably in it but <laughs> no <I'm- laughs> so this is the archives of sexual behavior study from 2019 the psychology of puppy play a i'm not going to pronounce this word right phenomenological investigation that's a what? fucking word that's a word yeah wow. and so basically you know the the uh the summary of it is they boiled down people's desire to be puppies into five categories. And those are one for sexual pleasure, two for relaxation, therapy, and escape from self, three, adult play and vibrant physicality, um, five, relationship or four, relationships and community, and five, extending and expressing selfhood which i was like that's really cool like they're scientifically studying puppies like who would have thought um but that's what i want to ask you like the expressing selfhood thing like we're gonna Mm -hmm. get all deep and shit um do you feel that when you're a pup you can more be your authentic self and if so how like how how is that expressed um, so I know exactly what study you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure they talked to tons of wonderful people, uh, in that, like I totally, I totally, so I'm a weird person, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a weird person that lives in San Francisco, used to work at Mr. S leather for years now does content creation where I am a, a kinky person. I go by amp, like the last three jobs I've had my jobs called me amp like on payroll. They have my real name, but like everybody called me amp. So like I'm constantly in my puppyhood, not specific, not, not physically, but like in my own personal space like that, that part of me, the, the puppy play aspect is a part of my personality. Mm-hmm. You could, I guess you could call it a personality trait where I'm just kind of myself. I'm nerdy. I'm weird. I'm not, I'm not always, I haven't always been like that because I was that weird, awkward kid in high school that loved anime and video games, but like didn't have tons of friends. Mm -hmm. So when I became an adult and I had my job and I could pay for and do whatever I wanted, like, yeah, that, that, that part of myself, which is playful and kinky and likes to kind of be a little bit bratty at times, but does it from an affectionate place. That's, that's part of who I am. So my, my personality, my, my puppy, you know, amp, who I am is always been a part of me. 
and I think comes out more now that I kind of have the the reservations and and the ability to express myself at all times if that makes mm. yeah yeah absolutely what do you think uh for you is the biggest mi- misconception about pup play or even the community at large that really just like gets your you're like Rah! <laughs> i mean you already touched on one of the biggest ones which is it's only for guys it's only for the cis gay men mm-hmm. um, which is not the case it's always been there. Uh, straights love it too. Like it's not even a queer thing. Um, but I think the other biggest one is probably going to be that there's a specific way to do it. Um, like when I was first getting into the kink scene back in the day, and I was just getting to them fetish, you know, parties and and moshes. I had this one older guard uh, gentleman who had clearly been to the bar for many many years. Uh, in his full leathers and I bumped into him ordering a drink and I just remember it was a vivid moment where he was like oh you kids and your your kink and puppies aren't real leather people and get off my kinky lawn you don't know what you're doing like and had I not been uh, someone who didn't really take well to someone telling me what I can't do um, I could have easily been dissuaded from the community and I I dislike when somebody tells you how to do a kink and uh-huh. there's a right or wrong way. And there, there has been a little bit of like a, well, those, those people over there are fake puppies. You know, they're doing it for the fad. They're doing it for the fun, colorful costumes and leather gear. And I just, to that, I say, what's wrong with that? What, why, yeah. why can't they dress up as superhero puppies? And maybe that's their gateway, their spider bite to, to the community. And maybe down the line, they'll start their own like podcast series or YouTube channel that teaches people more than just puppy play. Mm-hmm. Like, and besides, have you ever heard of underdog? Come on. Ah! <laughs> Superhero dogs are real. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, there's no such thing as a fake kinkster. If someone wants to get into to kink and their, their gateway is leather, fuzzy handcuffs, you know, what's wrong with that? Because they might learn more. They might become educators. They might get more involved in the community and do fundraising. Like we should never close a door for someone that they are trying to open. Yeah. Like that is not our journey to do it so just do what you want so long as you're doing it with consent you're being respectful you're not hurting anyone and you're having fun yes oh my goodness i mean you are completely singing my song you know and that's what i say all the time it's like people think that kink has all of these rules and you have to be this you have to wear this you have to and it's like no the the only rule is like you said consent and ethics you know um and then anything else is customizable. Do whatever the fuck you want. And, and and I also get really annoyed, and this is kind of segueing, and I'm just like, I got a little bit of a soapbox here. I get annoyed at people because we brought up Fifty Shades of Grey, right? And I agree. I fucking can't. Personally, cannot fucking stand Fifty Shades of Grey, right? However, yeah. the fact of the matter is there are some people that read that book and that is what gave them the permission to be like, I'm going to look more into this kink stuff. And then they yeah. get into the community and people are like, Oh, you loser. You read that book. You're not real. You're a 50 shades of gray. And it's like, Hey, like you were saying, some people come in and their first thing is fuzzy handcuffs. And even though we're like, eh, that that's what let them in. Like, don't shame them for that. So yeah. Well, yeah, it's just like that that knee-jerk reaction. Like, yeah, I don't like the books, but 
it is it is a it is a series that people like got exposed to kink because of right. it. Why should we not celebrate that aspect and then also educate like this is abuse and this is why it's bad? Like I hated the bonding show on Netflix, but a lot of people that I know, Kingsters included, actually enjoyed it. You, you know, it's funny. I funny. just watched yeah. that. I just binge watched both seasons. And I think had I watched the first season before the second season came out, I would have been like, fuck this show. Fuck it. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. But the second, I don't know, like I've heard rumors that they got feedback that like, oh, the first season was fucked up. You got it. And they like, did their best to try to fix it in the second season and i was like yeah. huh yeah yeah i I'm, I'm of that mind i watched the first season when it came out and i i couldn't finish it yeah and then when the second season came out people were like you got to give it a chance and i was like okay um and like the first minute of the second season they read themselves for filth for a good you know couple minutes and i appreciated that and i'm i am okay if you got something from that show amazing but i'm still going to be like while it is a good gateway for people here's the parts where they did it wrong yeah you know yeah because i want that to be clear that like kink is not abuse kink involves consent and i think that you know we all have something to learn right. and at the end of the day the show learned and they did their best to make it better yeah 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 and i'm gonna i'm gonna soapbox one more thing because we're on a roll Do it. we're on a roll here um <laughs> people fit criticize especially things like 50 shades of gray because it's not an accurate representation of bdsm which i agree it's a fucking horrible it's not a good representation of human relationships because he's a stalker and he's narcissistic and abusive and coerced like there's all sorts of shit wrong right um <laughs> however isn't every other erotica book the same like they're fucked up fantasies especially like straight people erotica is always like the emotionally unavailable rich man and blah, blah, blah. and it's like unhealthy as fuck but sometimes we fetishize unhealthy things like we we in our role plays and in our kink we fetishize unhealthy relationships or we fetishize like being controlled da, 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 da. it's like People weren't reading that book to be a manual for BDSM. People were reading that book to fall into their fantasies that aren't necessarily politically correct or is not, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I want to separate fiction and erotica from like a manual. (laughs) Let people enjoy their fucked up stories. They know they're fucked up. Like, this is why we like them because they're fucked up. Treat them all like Sasquatch porn and we won't have this problem. You're just falling into the fantasy. Nothing there is a rule that you want to live. Don't really go fuck Bigfoot because it might be bestiality. I'm not sure. Without consent. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's a hominid. I'm pretty sure he's a hominid. That is is a hole I have not even thought about before. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. don't trust a, a, a book series that's based off of Twilight fan fiction. So, like, yeah. you know, you know? Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. All right. I We totally got, I got one more question. Okay. Uh, and then we'll wrap up. Is how, because you said your partner, hi, Mr. Christopher, we love you, Um, is a, is a pony? And you're a pup, and so do you play together? Do you play separately? How does that work? Did they ever mm-hmm. converge? Um, well, we are we are known as the Dog and Pony Show. Pony Show. Oh yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we don't play together generally. Like, so we we have our relationship where we're we're pretty kinky. We like bondage. We like leather. We like BDSM. Um, and he will top me when I'm in a puppy headspace sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he's not usually in a pony headspace because. 
he, he's a switch, but like he's he's very submissive in that pony headspace. Whereas I'm also submissive in a puppy headspace. And while three rights make a left, two subs don't always make a dumb. So, yeah. so not generally. We don't play in that puppy pony space together. Um, if we had a top that liked to wrangle all animals, maybe. Right. Uh, we haven't we haven't found that unicorn, that angry unicorn yet. Yeah, like you you would have fit in perfect with the death unicorns and the kitties and the puppies. It was great. Um, okay, so that that actually gives me one more question: Is are all puppies submissive, or can you be a dominant puppy? And how does that work? Sure. Um, not all puppies are submissive. The same way, not all subs are always going to be subs. Uh, there's dominant puppies that that go by alphas. There's puppies that that turn into handlers with the right the right kind of connection. Um, for me, and for a lot of switchy sorts of people, it's all about the connection that you have with someone that kind of dictates where that scene's going to go or the mm-hmm. dynamic that you're going to have. You know, like I'm not always going to be a bottom for every single person. Like if you walk up to me at a leather event and you're like, okay, now you're the sub, get on your knees. I'll be like, fuck off. No, <laughs> I don't know you. And our relationship does not like who, what, what dynamics. But like if my daddy said that, then yes, of course I would. Yeah. Yeah. And can like, can puppies, uh, dom their handlers? Oh, um, uh, yes. Speaking of personal experience. <laughs> and is that, is that considered topping from the bottom or is that, is that like a legit, this is your dynamic? Um, oh, <laughs> question. see, that's another, that's another like depends sort of thing. Cause like yeah. we had a, a top who was not my top, but was my, my dad. Cause we're, me and my daddy are an open relationship. We're like Polly in many mm-hmm. ways. So like he'll have sirs or, or handlers sometimes. And they'll be like, here you go, puppy. You get the keys to chastity. Have fun. And then I'm still the puppy and I'm still the, the sub, but in a lot of ways, I'm kind of topping in that situation. That's humiliating and erotic for Christopher, but it's all consensual. So like, what do you think? Mm. <laughs> I think uh, my motto, I got to start printing this on t-shirts. Kink <laughs> is customizable. I love that. Whatever the fuck you want. Do it. Yeah. Put it on a shirt. There is I want no one. right or wrong. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, speaking of shirts, you got a bunch of cool merch. You have what like you your pun sexual. Like, what is some of the merch that that y'all have? Like, you have artists that like do shit. Like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, well, I have a background as a as a, a graphic person. I used to make video games, so like that's how I learned how to Photoshop and and video edit. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of our the last couple of years have been mostly just me creating stuff with graphics. Uh, but more recently, we've actually started hiring freelance kinky artists and um, just making sure that we give back to the, the artistic community. So like we're, we're we'll sell something and then like our artists will get a cut of whatever sales happen. So uh, we have like Rope Bunny, which is kind of like an Alice in Wonderland bunny who's tied up that was done by one of our fans. Um, we have uh, Beartastic Tees is a brand that does their own like kind of bear centric stuff, but he wanted to do more kinky stuff. So we've been hiring them. Um, but we do lots of pun sexual obviously is a hit. Um, the I'm a tops, whatever the hell that means shirt does really well. Um, <laughs> we have a, a T-Rex in a harness that's like trying to get help putting the harness on. It's a very funny little graphic. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I didn't see that one. I, I'm like, Ooh, Father's Day t-shirt for Ken. <laughs> We've got best rosebuds. We've got, oh God, what else? I should know all of them, but I don't. Uh, Naughty Geek, which is like a gamer sort of thing. 
if, yeah. if you want to check it all out, it's at safewordshop.com. But also, like, Ken, Sonny, let me know what you want. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you some goods. Shut up! Oh wait, we just we just launched Hello Kinky. Like Hello Kitty, but Hello yes, Kinky. Yes, it's a <gasps> Hello Kitty esque mascot with a leather hood on. Um, it's probably one of my favorite new ones. <laughs> Oh my God, I need to go on your shop and look because it's been a minute. I haven't seen these new things. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, So, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, I will have recorded once the the American fuckers are listening to this, like your intro and people know who you are. Um, But what have you got going on and where are the places that they can find you? And like, what new excitement is happening in your life lately? Oh, thanks. I I love giving a a subtle plug or, or a big plug. Um, uh, I'm, I go, how about an inflatable, oh, inflatable plug? plug? Yes. <laughs> we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm on the internet pretty much everywhere at pup amp. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram. I do still have a Tumblr though. I, I don't use it for obvious reasons. Uh, TikTok. Yeah. And then, uh, what's the safe word? We have our own podcast, which we're going to have, uh, the lovely Sunny on. Um, and, and Ken, we should have you, you on as well. You're more than welcome. Oh, thank um, you. We do Twitch four days a week where we play video games with uh, Daddy and we usually answer weird questions throughout because people always have weird sex questions. And we have our YouTube, which is probably the most prominent thing where we yes. teach sex education. We do silly shit sometimes like buying terrible toys from Wish. And, I and love out. that video series. It is my <laughs> fucking favorite. Anytime it's like, we bought more stuff from Wish. I'm like, I gotta drop everything. I gotta watch this. <laughs> we, oh, I need to do another one, quite honestly. We stopped doing it because YouTube hated us for a good year or two but i mean they still hate us but like those videos started tanking every time we did it but like yeah yeah they're the best i love them thank you no they tanked because uh the video would get blacklisted and our own subscribers couldn't find it so like we we do a lot on the internet um you can find us anywhere if you if you google what's the safe word w-a-t-t-s or w-h-a-t we've actually trained google for once we've done and if that no Yes. And for anyone like trying to write all this shit down, don't bother. All of the links that we talked about in this episode will be in the show notes for this episode, whether you're finding it like right on your podcast player streaming service that you're listening to, or go to americansexpodcast.com and look up this episode and all those links will be there. So don't stress. Yay. Oh, Yay. This is Thank great. you so much for having me, y'all. Yeah. Oh, hey, I have a favor to ask, pup. Uh, I have a friend, Maurice, who's a big friend of mine. Would you give him a pup hello? Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, okay. Let's get to a headspace. <clears throat> oh, hi, Maurice. How are you doing? I hope you're having a lovely day and it's going possum. Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so much. <laughs> of course. I fucking love it. And oh my God, the dog oh, just ran in here. Your actual dog? No, that no, was me. No, that was Ken. Oh, He's good, though. <laughs> you have a very good dog bark. Thank yeah. You. My dog came in and looked, too. Oh, I just I just had a tingly moment of, like, I just pictured you, Ken, on your hands and knees and a pup hood and a little butt plug tail. And I was like, ooh, I got a little tingly. Maybe, you know, think about that. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Are you down? On that note, thank you so much, Amp. Thank this has so been much, great. Amp. And, you know, we love you, so... Love you too. Until next time. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.